Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ESPN Hockey Night, Thursday, 7 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, then at 9 on ESPN, Connor Bedard. And the Blackhawks, Nathan McKinnon, and the Avalanche, big night of hockey, coming your way tomorrow night. Huge morning of football conversation and more as we go on here on Get Up. We are live from the Seaport. We are brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. The combine is underway. The squad is awesome. Mel's mock is out. But you need to see not one, but two ridiculous finishes last night. Starting in the NBA. Go. Doncic bounce underneath the PJ and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! This place is going crazy! The 59 foot game winning buzzer beater by Max Struce. And the Cavaliers knock off Dallas in stunning fashion. But it wasn't the only half-court buzzer beater last night. To college. Let's go. No timeouts for the Rams. Lucas fires for the win. Jared Lucas lost his mind from half-court. And it's a party for the Wolfpack. They stone Cole Stunner. Jared Lucas scored 23 points last night. The final three coming on that shot. Nevada beats Colorado State. What an unbelievable night of hoops. Meanwhile, all the action is heating up right now in the NFL in Indianapolis. And it's the Chicago Bears who are in the middle of all of it. Ryan Poles, their general manager, has maybe unprecedented control over the draft. They've got the first pick. They've got the ninth pick. They have a 24-year-old ascending quarterback in Justin Fields that a lot of people like. Here was Poles yesterday talking about Fields' future. I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. I'm sure before free agency would be good. I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. Okay, so I have been saying all weekend, for those of you just joining us, top of the hour, look at the squad. We got Nick is rolling, Jeff Darlington is in the sunshine, Lewis Riddick is on his way to Indianapolis this afternoon. I, I have been saying for about the last two weeks, Lewis, that I expect Justin Fields to be traded perhaps by the end of this week, or at least the framework of that trade to be put in place this week at the Combine. But you've made me think this morning, this could last a lot longer, because if, if Ryan Poles really is going to listen for an offer that might blow him away for the first pick in the draft, then he might need to wait. He might need to leave Justin in the gray a little longer than he wants to. Pick up the thought from there, Lou. Yeah, I think there's there's kind of two things. It's funny because as you're talking about it, and I'm listening to Ryan Poles, I'm thinking, there's two things that he would probably like to know as soon as possible. Number one, is someone going to come there and try and get move up to number one? And are they going to offer him – 
some kind of you know treasure trove of draft picks that forces him to maybe potentially hold on. To, well, not forces him. That causes him to decide to hold on to Justin Fields. And then when he does move down, does he then move that pick once again, a la Peter King postulated, which is not out of the realm of possibility. He could be thinking two, three steps far beyond what we're even thinking about here, you know, which is essentially that he's just going to draft Caleb Williams. And number two, he would probably like to know as soon as possible, what do people really believe Justin Fields is and what are you willing to give up for him if in fact I have decided on drafting Caleb Williams or some other quarterback at number one overall so yeah there's a couple things that he's right now having to think about one do I trade out of this position two am I going to trade out of this position because someone offers me a bunch of picks three ultimately what do they feel about Justin Fields and what could I possibly get for him and quite honestly I think the last piece, which maybe and maybe even the most important part of this is I have heard Ryan Poles talk about the fact that he is very confident in his ability to evaluate quarterbacks on the field. He's very confident that he can identify the guy that he thinks best fits what they want to do. It's the part that really that injects doubt into every general manager's mind concerning whether or not he's the right person authentically can we identify the right person for our organization, for our locker room, for our quarterback room, for our offense. So I think for him, that is also something that he is still trying to work through also because he understands what flubbing this pick means for his career and for this franchise. Make no mistake about that. We would all love to be in this position with all this draft capital, but he understands the gravity of getting this right because to not get it right – spells doom for your career more likely than not. It's a career-defining set of decisions that he's facing right now, one way or the other. You wind up in the Hall of Fame or you Mm -hmm. wind up out of a job based upon how you handle all this. Jeff, we were having an interesting conversation in in the pre-show meeting. that The Bengals had a similar situation. Well, they had a number one pick that everyone in the world wanted to trade up for a few years ago, right? And they wouldn't do it, but the circumstances are different. Yes. When it came to Joe Burrow, there were teams that were trying so hard to move up to that one spot to get him. And all along, the Bengals said, no shot. It's not happening. We are picking Joe Burrow. They weren't even listening to the offers, no matter how hard teams tried. This, of course, is different because the Bears do have a quarterback. And that's where we take this right now to the scouting combine. Ryan Poles is in Indianapolis trying to figure out how he can have his cake and eat it, too. Because, by the way... If he can figure out a way to unload Justin Fields for draft capital, suddenly not only does he have the picks and the quarterback, he has the ability to do everything that we're talking about, build the roster around the young quarterback. It's a daunting challenge, but obviously one that any general manager in the NFL would love to have. I'm I'm just thinking this through sitting here, Dominique, and it seems to me if I'm Ryan Poles, if I'm trading Justin Fields, I want to do it before free agency begins. If I'm trading the pick, I want to hang on to it as long as I can and let the offers keep climbing and climbing. So there's another sort of inflection point that he's looking at here. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I think that uh, while Ryan Poles needs to block out all the outside noise because this is going to be a career-defining decision, I think the outside noise is going to impact this um, decision in part because of this franchise. It's a historic franchise that has never had like a great quarterback, and we have recent history of them passing on quarterbacks or passing on quarterbacks that turned out to be good, but they didn't know at the time and selecting Mitchell Trubisky and all that stuff. So I do feel like while Ryan Poles is certainly going to go through the process when we. 
we get to the end of this, they're not going to pass up on Caleb. Like, it's going to require an absurd deal to pass up on a quarterback that people are comping to Patrick Mahomes, which obviously is a bit hyperbolic. But they're not going to pass up on, on Patrick Mahomes again when they did it once in the past. So we never know what these quarterbacks are going to turn out to be. But I find it hard to believe that the Chicago fan base in the ownership, in the front office, are going to go into another season with Justin Fields, who – We've seen he hasn't worked there yeah. yet, even though he's shown some promise. He hasn't worked there. Go ahead, Lewis. You know, the only thing I find interesting about this in, this entire situation is this. Let's not forget that they decided as an organization to totally revamp the offensive coaching staff. They sent the entire offensive coaching staff out the door. So when you're trying to assess yep. whether or not Justin Fields is the guy or not, clearly you felt as though the staff that was in place wasn't maximizing his potential or anyone else's potential too. Because if they were, they'd still be there. If this was so cut and dry that Justin's just not the guy, he just can't be. He's just not the guy to take us to where we want to get to. Then why did you feel the need to totally wipe out the entire side of the ball? Why did you feel the need to go ahead and start totally over from scratch? Or are you saying that it was just so abysmal that the quarterback isn't going to be ultimately isn't good enough and the guy who was in charge of developing isn't good enough? Because now, I mean, like that, that yeah. to me is something that, that – that's why I'm, I'm looking for reasons for why I believe Justin Fields is not getting his just due in this discussion in terms of it's just slam dunk, it's got to be Caleb Williams. Because if you listen to some of listen to his teammates talk, and I understand teammates oftentimes take up for their buddies. I understand that, and sometimes it's not totally objective. Listen to what DJ Moore has said about Justin Fields. Listen to what our own discourse has been about other quarterbacks who we know haven't been set up for success. We're going to talk about Mac Jones, right? And people right now are saying Mac Jones stinks. Just get him out of there. If this was any other coach other than Bill, who I love to death and taught me everything about football. We would absolutely eviscerate him. We would eviscerate that, that coach for what yeah. they did to Mac Jones in New England. We would say he doesn't deserve to ever coach again. You so, put a special teams coach and a former defensive coordinator in charge of his development? Are you kidding me? That's yeah. coaching malpractice. We'd be killing him. But now we're just automatically ready to say, Mac stinks, they better draft Drake May. He just stinks. It's not the way it works. Yeah, I don't... I, so I think I think you're right, but the problem is some of these quarterbacks have been I don't want to say that they've been ruined, but they've had rough starts to their career, and it may not be their fault. The problem is we rarely see guys who have rough starts to their career bounce back and then have success. So whether it's because Justin Fields isn't good enough or because the coaching staff ruined him or that organization ruined him and didn't give him the right opportunities, which I think the latter is probably closer to true, it doesn't really matter. You're at a point now where you have a quarterback who's been in the league long enough to have shown that he can lead your franchise, and he hasn't. And I understand that there are many reasons why. Why not? With the with the way the contracts are set up, it makes more sense to go to the younger and the less the guy with less tread on the tires and less, um, I guess, me, issues stemming uh, from being in a tough situation. Well, let me ask you this then. This is what this is the only thing I would ask you then. Do you believe that if Justin goes to a place like Atlanta with Raheem? And with Zach Robinson and with TJ Yates, or if he goes to a place like Pittsburgh with Arthur, with Mike Tomlin, with that set of weapons, do you believe that he could then, do you think he's good enough to help those teams win their division, be contenders in their right. respective conferences? Yeah, that, then why I can't Chicago that, but do we're that? not talking about, 
<laughs> because no. we're not talking about this in the vacuum right now. No, I'm telling you right now, given that Justin Fields been in the league for a certain amount of time, what his potential is has lowered. How much better he can get is lower. What we are looking at with these other guys is a much I don't, higher I don't, level I don't potential. Like I think it's it's. We, whoa, I see now that's where we disagree because I well, can't we can't look well, at hold what on, we hold on. You're saying, you're saying, okay, hold on. up until this are point you saying his, say are you saying he's his, as promising at, as Caleb Williams no okay I'm not ahead. saying that I'm not I'm not saying right. that look I believe yeah. Caleb is a the very very talented pick. prospect no question no question I, I do believe that I do believe Caleb is a more talented prospect I'm just saying I don't believe that Justin Fields is this ruined though I don't think we've oh, yeah. seen the best. No, of no, him yet. I, I agree. Not I, by I, a long shot. Ruined, ruined is definitely ruined is definitely the wrong word. But I'm saying right now this is not okay. a question about That's um, all I'm Justin saying. Fields alone. It's a question about the potential going forward. And I think we all agree that the potential going forward you. is higher for Caleb I Williams, a player. And and that's and that's what it seems like when you're in Chicago, a team that's never had a quarterback. They're going to go with that potential and hope that they hit a home run because best case scenario for um, Justin Fields right now is probably a triple it's not going to be he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes or uh, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson like that he can be a good starting quarterback but I don't imagine that we're going to see him turn into the top of the league type of guy I hope you are enjoying this conversation at home as much as I'm enjoying it here I could sit back and listen to this for the rest of the day Jeff Darlington give me a final thought No, you know what? I'm just glad that Nick finally did that because I, I never want to disagree with Lewis. He is clearly smarter and far superior in every way in life, but I completely disagree, and I'm glad that Nick finally got there. Both things can with, be true, with Lewis. Part? Like, Justin Fields can be a decent quarterback, but the Bears can say, we have the number one pick, and we want a generational quarterback. It can both be true. Okay, ho- hold on. Ho- hold on. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Hold on. First of all, <laughs> we throw around that generational BS way too much. What do you mean yeah, generational? generational? Look, I believe Caleb Williams. Look, look what if he... I, I believe Caleb Williams <laughs> is fantastic. I, I do. I do. I do believe yeah. that from a pure quarterbacking standpoint, he probably has more. He probably has more individual <laughs> upside from a pure quarterbacking standpoint. I do believe that. Okay, can I put? I believe that. I just don't believe that Justin Fields now is just like. Ruined. Yeah. Because he's not. No one's saying That's that. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Just, so, so Actually, there are- Justin Fields definitely is not ruined. He can be good in this league. But you you lost me, Jeff, when you start throwing around that G word because Patrick Mahomes Why? exists. Why? Don't do this that, this generation Jeff. Exactly. is long. There's there's one what? generational quarterback per generation. Find out this right generation now. is Patrick Mahomes. And he can be great. He can be in that tier with them other dudes like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. There's a generational quarterback. His name's Patrick. Everybody else is trying to figure it that's out. That's what they're. Tr- but that's what they're trying to find out. That's why you potentially oh, no, send it. away a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields because if you can get the generational guy, it sets you up for the next 15 to 20 years. Right. May I? Yeah, I mean, he. he okay. The, the potential right. there is higher. 
I, I hate to do it because I, I love oh, everything about this conversation, and it is, I hope, is as good at home as it is going here. I can throw a couple of things into the conversation. Two things have, have been told to me while we were discussing this. One, our Courtney Cronin, our Bears reporter, reports the Bears are meeting with Caleb Williams this morning, so that meeting is taking place. That's obviously critically important in this. Another, I want to read you a quote that our Pete Thamel sent me. He's our college football reporter, and for what it is worth, we, we had there. There was a moment in time where there were these stories that suggested maybe Caleb Williams didn't want to go to Chicago. Remember that with the father and everything else. Here's a quote from Pete Thamel that says, uh, this is directly from Caleb Williams, quote, if I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. If they trade the pick and I get drafted by someone else, I'm just as excited. Take that for what it's worth. It doesn't, it's not exactly the same thing as saying Chicago is my dream destination and that's where I'm dying to go. Let, 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 me, let me put this in, in simpler terms. Lewis, you, know, you have forgotten more already today than I will ever know about this process, but I'll tell you one thing. I've been covering sports no. 30 years, and the, the most common thing that general managers in this situation do is they do the thing least likely to get them fired. And drafting Caleb Williams right. oh, yeah. is the thing least likely to get you oh, yeah. fired. Because no it's one no is – let's point. say Trevor Lawrence doesn't ever live up to the hype. He's been good. He hasn't been great. No one's going to say that was a bad pick. Why in the world did they Such take him? Because everyone in the world would have yeah. taken him. If you pass on Caleb Williams and he winds up being really good, yeah. then you are the guy who passed on Caleb Williams for the rest of your life. They're going to take him if for that reason only, Lewis. There, there's Greeny, I say it all the time. This is the Russell Wilson argument, okay? When Russell Wilson came out, everyone knocked Russell down when he came out of Wisconsin simply because he didn't fit the prototype. He didn't have the measurables. And then after the fact, as soon as Russell started ripping it up in, in Seattle, it was, I had a first-round grade on him. but just couldn't take him that high because you know what? If he didn't work out, I probably would have got fired. There's no question, Greeny. Yeah. Teams will draft the prospects that when they do work out, it's like, well, of course they work out. I mean, I picked the right guy. When they don't work out, it's that guy just didn't maximize his potential or that coach screwed him up or something else happened because it wasn't me. You saw what I saw. You saw the height. You saw the weight. You saw the 40, 50, 60, 70-yard bomb on a rope. I didn't mess it up. You did. You're right. It happens all the time. I'm 100% with you, and I understand that that That's would be not a the factor right way, in this yeah. decision. There's no question about that. I'm well, not saying I mean, it's always the right thing to do, but it's the truth. Nick, yeah. it's easy to right. say it's not the right thing to do when it's not your job, right? I mean, you're, you're, it might not in the long no, run turn out to be the right thing, but if you get fired, there's not a whole lot you can do about it after the fact. Yeah, so the point is you want to have success, right? So get the guy that you think is going to make you successful. And who cares what they say about you? It's back to that Brandon Bean quote from the beginning of the show. Like they are, whether you pick the right guy or the wrong guy, all that matters is whether you have success or not. Whether you pick the guy that people are telling you to pick or the guy that you think is right, all that matters is if you win and have success. Get the guys that you think are going to help you have success because at least you can then sleep at night if you failed and say, I made the decision that I thought was right. The worst possible situation is you make the decision that you think everyone else thinks is right and then you get fired and you're home crying into your pillow about, damn, I shouldn't have listened to those guys on Get Up telling me who to pick. You're absolutely right. You shouldn't have listened to those guys 
I was on GetUp because our job is not dependent on it. If I was ever, I mean, we've all been in positions where we had to have major decisions about our life or in our careers, and I'd be damned if I'm going to call Mike Greenberg up and say, hey, what do you think about this decision? No, I make the decision that I think is right. No disrespect, Mike. If I were to call anybody, you'd be you know the what, first Greeny? one I call. Yeah. Greeny, Go you ahead, know Lois. what? Can, if I, 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 and I hate Howards. to blow this whole... I'd like to ask. I'd like to ask everyone here. Like honestly, and it's in, and in particular that guy to the left of you. Well, actually, to your right, my left, Jeff Darlington. Last year, there we go. Last year's quarterback mm. debate at the top of the draft. Who did you have number one, Jeff? Who was the generational okay, I don't guy know. for you? I don't Answer him, Jeff. No, I'm an idiot. Jeff, who, who did you? Who did you like? Who did you? Honestly, who did you like? Who did? Does anybody remember who drafted Jamarcus Russell? No, they just remember he was a bust. To Greeny's point, if it's a consensus number Don't one overall pick, don't question Darlington you take him because it reduces all the risk. I, I will say this, just my, to finish my point, it up. My point being this. Yeah, Lewis, real quick. Okay, go ahead, Green. Okay, no, no, I was just going to say my point being this, uh, kind of yeah. in, in, in relationship to what Dominique is saying. You got to believe what you believe. You have to trust yourself. You can't, you can't listen to yeah. consensus because I'll tell you what, last year I believed that – I honestly believed that C.J. Stroud was the best quarterback in the draft. And who knows, maybe Bryce is going to make improvements this year. But I believed it wholeheartedly, and I had people telling me all the time, you're nuts. He ain't the best quarterback in this draft. Okay. Just be careful we'll when see. you start following consensus. Let me read you one more quote from Caleb Don't Williams. Don't be a on coward. The bottom he, line. Here's, here's what Caleb all Williams right. said. Quote, I'm not pushing any agenda – at the end of the day, the Bears have the last say. Regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda of, yeah, I want to go, or no, I don't want to go. I'm excited for whatever comes. Those are the last quotes that we have there from Caleb Williams. All right, taking a quick break. So much to do. Mel Kuyper is going to jump in here. He's got his second mock draft up. There are some surprises at the very top. We'll dive into all of these answers. Plus, for the very first time, the Cowboys' ownership has addressed their culture issues. The things they say are fascinating and illuminating, and we will dive into them as this hour continues. Oh, we're busy. It's Get Up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. 
So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. All right, let's take a quick look at a little eye candy. Shohei Otani, it's only February, but he's in midseason form. Opposite field, home run for Otani in his Dodgers spring training debut. We'll see if maybe there are a lot more of those coming up in the future. By the way, the Dodgers and Otani will open their season on ESPN in games that will be played in South Korea. So we're looking forward to that. All right. As we continue, uh, Mel, a mock, it's out. Huge decision right at the top. Let the risky business begin. You'll hear all the opinions. Plus, sneaky hembo time. This one's for Dominique. Good question. In the Super Bowl era, who's the only Bears quarterback to start his team's season opener as a rookie? The answer's next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bottom of the hour. Here we go, Dominique. Super Bowl era. Who was the only Bears quarterback to start his team's season opener as a rookie? I actually think I might know this one. So uh, Rex Grossman comes to mind or Jim Harbaugh, but I think it actually was my draft, 05, when um, Kyle Orton, here's a who, pulled it off. Oh, my God, that's right. He got it right. Yeah. I I mean, I was in the league back then. This is my draft. I, I told Hembo he had that you had no – let the record show. I told Hembo you had no chance of getting this right, and it was unfair. And yet he got it correct. That's exactly right. My Grossman draft. got hurt in the preseason, and Kyle Orton started week one as a rookie in Chicago. Score that one for Dominique. I love it. All right, let's go back to the I think it's like 30-1. to 1. Mel Kuyper is with us here. His mock draft 2.0 is available right now. That man remains at the top of it. And one would expect he's going to stay there 
throughout. Uh, that's obviously Caleb Williams there from USC. Former Heisman Trophy winner would give Chicago the opportunity to reset the quarterback position and maybe become the first since Kyle Orton to start week one. He has Chicago taking Caleb number one, then taking Malik Neighbors number nine in mock draft 2.0. You can see it right there. You see some of the other decisions that are made. Jaden Daniels at two, Drake May at three. Let's get into the conversation here with Mel and the whole. Let's go to the Penta box. Uh, as we bring in uh, this entire group here. Uh, that one's just for Scott Hansen. Uh, okay, so Mel, l- let's go through <laughs> this here. Um, is, number one is Caleb Williams. Number two is Jaden Daniels. Number three is Drake May. Is it your anticipation that when we get to the end of April, that will continue to hold? We've got a lot of steps between now and then. Is it your expectation that's going to be the order these three guys go in? I think unless Chicago's blown away by an offer, I think that is the way it will end up. And certainly he'll be the number one pick overall regardless. I think Jaden Daniels, second overall, to me, has to happen. You think about Washington, what they need. You think about in the NFC, if you can hit on that elite quarterback like Jaden can become, obviously the comps to Lamar Jackson are out there. Herm Edwards, who brought him to Arizona State, his comp is Randall Cunningham. So for Jaden Daniels to play so well, being aggressive with his legs, aggressive with his arm. Think about what he did. Hembo brought to my attention about Nick Saban. Two games against Nick Saban. Nick Saban had no answers for Jaden Daniels, okay? So to be aggressive and not turn the ball over really impressed me. And he got his weight up. He was a splendid splinter. Now he's got his weight up a bit. So for Jaden, you locked him into two. Drake made a three to New England. Why not? New England has to get a quarterback. As I said, they hung uh, Mac Jones out to dry. He had a great rookie year. Then they did nothing to help the kid. They got to help Drake May. Drake May is only 21 years of age. Yes, he had some head-scratching games. NC State, Virginia, Clemson. But overall, when you look at what he was able to do during his career, in 2022, outstanding. He had six games this year. From the first three when he was four touchdowns, four picks, to the last three where he was four and four in between six games, 16 touchdowns, only one pick. He has those Justin Herbert comparisons I think are accurate. That's who he could become. He's only 21 years of age. He can make any throw you need him to make. He can move well. He's going to be able to beat defenses with his legs, keep drives alive with his legs. Uh, Drake May, three to New England. Need a quarterback. You're in the AFC. Uh, I, don't, I, I can't believe at three they would trade out of there or not take Drake May. All right, so I, I want to play something that our former colleague and longtime friend Merrill Hodge said because it's gotten a fair amount of attention. And, I mean, Tim Hasselbeck almost, I mean, he wasn't in the room, but his head almost exploded yesterday when we played it. I, I, particularly Lewis and Mel, I want you guys to hear Merrill Hodge's evaluation of Drake May. Let's play it. I wouldn't touch May. I wouldn't, I wouldn't grab May. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. There's a bunch of things that bother me. He's extremely inconsistent as uh, his accuracy, his processing inconsistent. Um, he's not extremely athletic. I think I find him more stiff. He's got a longer throwing motion, which allows more hits in our league than he gets in college. So that got a lot of attention. Lewis Riddick, what is your reaction? Um, as far as where he's going to get ultimately drafted, I mean, that that's not – that, that's just not going to happen. He's not going to get out of the first round. And as Mel's alluding to, he's not, probably not going to get out of the top ten, the top five. Some of the things, though, that, that uh, Merle Hodge sees, I see some of the same things, quite honestly. I see off-target throws that are not caused by pressure, that are not caused by tight windows. I just see 
misses. I do see a, an elongated throw in motion. It is not the same as Caleb. It is not the same as Jaden. I don't see the same kind of creativity. I don't see the same kind of outside-the-pocket explosiveness outside of structure that I see with those two. I do see a gap between Caleb, Jaden, and Drake May. I see some of those same things. Now, ultimately, where he ends up being drafted is going to be much different than what Merrill is saying, what his career ends up being. I think it's going to be very much so. I think with him, he's one of those guys who needs – when we're talking about quarterbacks, all need to go to great situations and be in great systems to be utilized you know, to their strengths and kind of have their weaknesses hidden. I think without a doubt that Drake's development is going to be front and center as far as some of the things that Merle is talking about that he, that he has from a deficiency standpoint because he cannot create – he cannot lift and create and do things on his own the same way Jaden and Caleb can. He just can't. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it – you can just watch the tape and see that. He's not the same guy as those two, and that's why he is third behind those two. Mel, how about – it's, it's one thing to be third. It's another thing to be questioned as significantly as Merrill is questioning him. What did you think of it, Mel? Well, I know people that hated Josh Allen didn't think he was ever going to be an NFL quarterback. There were people that didn't like Lamar Jackson, thought he got to shift to another position. There were people that talked about Patrick Mahomes coming out of the Boulogne system, that he wasn't going to be able to translate to the NFL. Joe Burrow was surrounded by great talent at LSU. Yeah, he wasn't the guy. He can't carry a team. He had all that talent around him. So I think for Drake May, you're going to, you're going to hear criticism. It's not who you are. It's who you will be. Mm-hmm. And for Drake May, he had a new coordinator. He didn't have Josh Downs. who had with 94 catches uh, two years ago. And he did as Lewis said, and as when you watch the tape, and I watched those three games, there were throws in those games where you, you got to make them. There was no excuse. He had time. The receiver was there. The ball was inaccurately thrown. There were some layups he missed. Some of swing passes that were not allowing the receiver to do the maximum with the football after the catch because he had to adjust to a poorly thrown ball and an accurate ball, not a precise ball. So for Drake, yes. He has to obviously develop more consistency in terms of accuracy and precise passing. But he showed in 2022 he could do that. This year, for whatever reason, there were those head-scratching performances, those head-scratching throws. So I saw it, though, in 2022. He could be really, really good. He could be great. This year he fell back just a bit. Uh, I think you can recapture that greatness, and I think he's just 21 years of age. Uh, He's got developing to do, but certainly I think he can be a heck of a quarterback in the NFL. All right, let me try and get a few other things in here again. Mel's 2.0 is up. Dominique, I know you have a big-picture point you want to make, and I want Mel to hear it. Oh, a big-picture point about Drake May? I mean, I I think the big-picture point about all these quarterbacks is – Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I love that Mel's here to talk about all the decisions and create the conversation that pushes some of these people's decisions. But I just want to remind from a couple segments earlier, remind the GMs, don't be cowards. Don't let our opinions push you into a decision, into a position where you feel like you have to make a decision. Your jobs and your careers are, uh, and your reputations are riding on these decisions. So we talked about earlier, Mel, before you were here, about how so many of these gyms are going to be making decisions based on what they think they can defend, which is the wrong way to make a decision. It's to make a decision based on how you think you're going to have the most success. Because no matter what, you want to be able to go home at the end of your career and know that you 
succeeded or failed because you trusted your own evaluation. And I know they don't always have the end-all, be-all decision-making power. Some organizations, the owner comes in over top. But you need to push the pressure to make the decision that you're going to be comfortable with. To, to be clear, Mel, what I basically said was, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't wind up being a great quarterback in the NFL, no one's going to say it was a bad pick. If Caleb, the Bears, mm -hmm. even if the, the easiest thing to do is to draft Caleb Williams because no one will say it was a mistake. And if it doesn't wind up working out, the coaches and everyone else are the ones who are going to get fired. And you've been doing this, Mel, longer than anybody. The, making picks to avoid getting fired is something that I feel happens a lot in the NFL. I think you got to drown out the noise. I think you can't listen to anybody discussing anything once you're in the NFL. You want to know from a mock draft standpoint and really canvas different things and see where guys may go. That helps. But in terms of evaluations, if your guys in that room can't make that call, they should be fired. I mean, your job is to get it right. Your job isn't to fear getting it wrong. You can't be right if you're afraid to be wrong. You have to get in that room, get people you believe in in that room in terms of scouts, your assistant GM, your personnel people, your coaches. Everybody has to be on the same page here, and you move forward. You roll forward with the guy you decide is that right quarterback. Keep in mind, the most important position in all sports, name the sport, put them all out there, the number one position in any sport, the most important, is quarterback yeah, in the National Football League. So when you get all your guys that are supposedly know this game better than anybody else in the room, and you decide, why do you care what Kuyper, anybody else says, any discussions that are going on around the, the nation have to do with your team? Who cares? You believe in what you do. You have strength in your conviction about that quarterback. You make that move. If they don't like Caleb, take Jaden. You don't have to go with what everybody yeah. thinks. Like I said, you can't be right if you're afraid to be wrong. Let me get Jeff in here. Go ahead, Jeff. I mean, I think Brandon Bean, we showed it earlier in the show, had the quote of the, of, of the, the freaking decade when it came to this. He said, if Josh Allen doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a bleep. I mean, that's exactly right. Like, that's not coming from a position of fear. That's coming from a position of conviction. And that's how Brandon Bean approached right. that acquisition of Josh Allen. He knew he was this guy. He was going to go get him no matter what. And he was going to live and die by that decision. Okay, and then there's one more thing I need to do before we let Mel go. You might have noticed over Jeff's shoulders that picture of Lewis. Our director, Cindy, can you take yeah, our yeah. one shot of Dominique Foxworth, please? Neek, what is that picture that I see behind you on that? What, what is? Oh, what, oh, look at that. It's a picture, it's a picture of the draft. <laughs> Baltimore's own Mel Kuyper. This is an image. I mean, I, since we're, we're putting up pictures of our idols, I thought I would put it's up a lot of love. Baltimore's finest. Wow. The Kuyper. That's a lot of... Oh, Nick, I appreciate it. That's a lot of hair I've lost between now and hair. then and now. I can tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> it's just going, knowledge. Going, That's gone. all it is. But just knowledge. Hey, 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 the one thing, we got everybody but Darlington. Everybody, Darlington and Greeny were in my book at some point. Riddick, Foxworth were in that draft report <laughs> back in the day. It, so, yeah, yeah, you guys. Because they're Speaking terrible. No hair. Thank you, Thanks, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. I, was, I wasn't in the evaluation you, book. I guess I could have written a blurb for it, but that would have been about it for the book. All right, guys outstanding again. Mel, Mach 2.0, available right now. Phenomenal. Uh, the Pentabox will be no more as we continue in just a moment. But for the first time, the Cowboys' ownership has addressed their culture issues. Oh, you got to hear what they had to say and then what we've got to say. Next.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up. We've been busy this morning. Jeff Darlington, there's a lot of news out there. Let's run the hurry up. Let's start with the Chiefs. Yeah, there's a ton going on at the scouting combine right now. We will start with the Chiefs. General Manager Brett Veach making pretty clear that the team plans to use that franchise tag on somebody. The two most likely candidates are either Legereus Sneed or Chris Jones. Right now, I would say that the Chiefs are leaning towards Sneed, which would mean they'd have to get that long-term deal done with Jones before the start of free agency, and then they can work on a long-term deal with Sneed as well. Russell Wilson, meanwhile, a decision could be coming very soon from Sean Payton and the organization. Sean Payton saying at the scouting combine that he plans to meet with ownership uh, very soon to go over a number of factors. He said, I expect that we're going to know fairly quickly about Russell's future. There's a couple of factors here. Obviously, the cap projections that were newly released, $255 million set there. We're also further down with the road with the draft class, so I'd anticipate it being within the next two weeks that we will learn about Russell Wilson's fate. Kirk Cousins, meanwhile, you see him here looking pretty good coming off of that Achilles injury. This is perhaps the most interesting underrated storyline in the NFL because the Vikings are saying all the right things right now. They're saying that we still want Kirk Cousins back, that we believe Cousins still wants to be back. Meanwhile, we are tumbling toward free agency Kirk Cousins is about to become a free agent. I could see this very well being a situation where Cousins enters into free agency, finds out what's out there, and then the Vikings can decide whether to match or let him move on. By the way, one added note on the Vikings, uh, they also are making pretty clear they are not interested in trading Justin Jefferson at all. All right, that feels incredibly important. And then uh, if you feel like you've heard Kirk Cousins is going to maximize a financial situation in which he finds himself. Uh, It's not for the first time. That's certainly something we've heard before. One more I wanted you to hear from the scouting combine, and this is the Cowboys CEO, Stephen Jones. Of course, he's Jerry's son. And this is really the first time that ownership has addressed all the conversations that have taken place about the Cowboys' culture and specifically whether they have a culture problem. Here's what he said. From the organization on down, we feel feel good about our culture. You always want to be better. I will say that. Our leadership on our team's outstanding. So, you know, you're always going to have somebody who's, you know, going to say something, uh, you know, that's not, you know, that might be, hey, that's their particular thought process on why we may have come up short, but I don't think in general, personally, I don't think it's an issue. So this has been a huge topic of conversation here and other places. The podcasts, the brothers, the mothers, everyone else who's been involved in talking about all of this. What did you think of that response, Dominique? Stephen Jones says, I don't feel like it's an issue. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with the success that they've had recently. Like, they've done well in the draft and free agency and had really good regular seasons and fallen short in the playoffs. I'm not going to argue that the culture uh, is, like, toxic. They've proven that they're pretty good. But I will say that there are some things that you just don't see football teams do. And one of them is to publicly criticize or allow your quarterback to be publicly criticized and your head coach repeatedly without coming to give a full-throated endorsement year after year and that's something that's happened multiple times there and that to me more than anything is the most concerning thing and I think it's a reflection of the fact that they recognize how valuable it is for them to continue to be America's team which is like the team that we're always talking about the reality show that is the Dallas Cowboys and I think that they encourage and uh, celebrate when they can get in the news and we can talk about them and that to me doesn't feel like very traditional or something like something that I would want to be a part of to continue to tax particularly your starting quarterback your top tier quarterback of your team that they have at the end of the day Jeff and, and Lewis I'll get you here in a second but Jeff at the end of the day I mean mm-hmm. the Dak Prescott decision is one they're going to have to make and it is he, he has a, I keep doing this like this is the Cowboys, and this is a barrel. He, he has them directly over a barrel, and, and he's going to control how this thing goes, and they got to do it soon, right? Yeah, I mean, for, for those that don't understand where this Dak Prescott thing is, they don't really have a choice. They are married, and there's no choice for divorce at this point. He is basically uh, has a salary cap hit of $60 million this coming season, and even with the new cap projections, the Cowboys stand to be $9 million over the cap right now. They have to redeal do mm-hmm. Dak's deal no matter what. So whether you think that he is the future of the team or not, the Cowboys have backed themselves into a corner. He's got to be the guy. So they have to do that first before anything else. And that, again, is, is kind of a product of the way Cowboys do business. They do things in dramatic fashion. And once again, we're there with Dak Prescott. And so, Lewis, take a big-picture view of the whole thing for us. Yeah, look, I I don't really see Dallas as having a culture issue that is working against what they're ultimately trying to accomplish, which is to recapture the glory years of the 90s. I don't think the reason why they're falling short is because teammates, families are talking bad about the quarterback or they have podcasts or they lead to run down on every single show on every single network. I don't think they have – I don't think that that's the issue. I think, quite honestly, all of that stuff goes away from a negative talking point standpoint if they could just figure out how to get some players in some critical positions <laughs> that when it comes down to single elimination tournament time, they can stop people from running the ball down their throat, controlling the clock, Dak can be better with his decision-making in terms of protecting the football. They can be more balanced on offense because they have a hammer at running back that can help bail Dak out when maybe he's not feeling it or things are getting a little off off kilter. That Mike McCarthy can be a little bit better with time management, timeout usage, the play calling in certain situations. Those are the kind of things. Really, to me, this is a football issue with Dallas. It's a football issue at the highest levels at the most critical moments with Dallas. This is not about all the other drama that surrounds them. I think all that stuff is ancillary. I, I really do. I think it's just outside noise. They're, they're used to it. You know, look, when, when Emmett Smith comes on TV and talks about the fact that I'm tired of hearing about, you know, looking at all their podcasts and all the other, you know, extracurricular things that they're doing, I mean, I get it. 
Because they're look, they're they're benefiting off of the work that him and Troy and Larry Allen and all the all the guys did back in the '90s when they were steamrolling my teams and running us out of the stadium. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, they're not good enough in certain areas of their football team right now, and that's where their focus needs to be this offseason. As Jeff said, start with redoing Dak's deal and then fix the interior of that defense. Otherwise, we're gonna have the same discussion next year. I promise Nick, you. Quick final word, Dominico. Quick. Yeah, no, it's it's. It's hard to argue with all the on-field issues that they're having. And it's hard to also pretend like I have a complete understanding of the culture that they have there. I don't care about guys with outside activities or podcasts or, or TV shows or whatever they want to do. But I do know that there are some things that I've never seen happen with football teams, especially football teams who have players that they believe in that they're going to be relying on. And that, to, to, have, uh, yeah. to have family members or players talking bad about your quarterback is one thing. But to then not have someone in the organization come up and make it clear that this is unacceptable, that to me suggests that there are some issues there that are uh, outside mm. of just being able to stop the run. There's some issues with what they prioritize and how they value their leadership. All right, I am out of time. First take is on the way. I could keep going, but they're going to start whether we're ready for them or not. Uh, Stephen A., I see, I see Mad Dog running around the hallway. He's ready to go. Molly, Stephen A., Lewis, top of the hour. We have used up all our time. Thanks for getting up with us. We'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow. But the fun continues with First Take. Now, 